My name is Brian. Her name is Matilda, but she always seemed like more of a Barbara Ann to me. She has shoulder-length jet black curls and creamy blue eyes. She's the kind of girl the Beach Boys would sing about. She works on commission at the local travel agency, and today will be the fourth time I've spoken to her. The first was in the middle of a thunderstorm. It was on my first day in Kohlberg, this ridiculous regional town they sent me to out of uni. Now they need teachers out here, apparently, and there wasn't much going for me back home. I suppose I was hoping to be a better, newer, more self-reliant Brian in this dinky, dinky town. But to be honest, I was scared. As I drove in, thunder fought lightning in a black sky. I couldn't help but feel like it was something of an omen. I couldn't help but feel like the sky was telling me to run. The storm seemed to throw down upon me every Kohlberg insecurity I had at my disposal. It was as if the thunder was telling me that I'd hate it here, that they'd hate me here, that the school was full of kids who ate city slick English teachers for breakfast. I was lost. Literally, I was, I was lost. I'd never been to Kohlberg before and had no idea how to find my rental place in the storm. I saw a strip mall through the rain. It was a flat, pastel block of shops, the kind you see on the high street of every regional town. Most of the signage was just unreadable through the sheets of driving water, but there was a billboard that caught my eye. Above a typically flat, typically pastel shop, was an anthropomorphized cartoon palm tree. A large speech bubble shot out of its wide grin and read, Do you know where you are? Do you know where you could go? It seemed as good a place as any to ask for directions. I ran through the storm from my car to the awning of the building, and there, safe from the rain but not from the wind, I looked in through the glass at a series of posters hung on the walls of a warm and dry-looking office. They were pictures of dazzling beaches and rainforests and wonders of the modern world, with rhetorical questions superimposed on top in big white text. See yourself getting lost in the Big Apple, wondered the city of New York. Why not? philosophized New Zealand Highland, and beneath the crystal shores of the Philippines that said, wouldn't it be nice, sat a woman. She had electric curly hair, eyes like blue milk. I looked at her through the rain and thought, yeah, it would be nice. I fumbled through the door. She looked up at me and said good morning, as if we knew each other. My heart started to race. I said my name was Brian. She said her name was Matilda, but she seemed an immediate Barbara Ann to me. And we got to talking. I was there for hours. One conversation led to another, and the next thing I knew... I'd booked a non-refundable holiday to Croatia via Hong Kong. Turned to Kohlberg with Polaroid pictures of sheer European cliff faces, golden trinkets from Asia, 
and a travel agent in my head. I'd thought of Barbara Ann, whose real name was Matilda, nearly every moment of the trip I hadn't really wanted to take. Her jet black curls were all I could see in the red roofed cities of the Balkans. The sound of her buttery voice was all I could hear on the bright and screaming streets of Hong Kong proper. And I replayed our one conversation over and over on long-haul journeys across the oceans of the world in lieu of in-flight entertainment. When I drove back into town, jet-lagged and hungry and tired like you wouldn't believe, the first place I went was the travel agency. And that was the second time I spoke to her. It was a bright, hot day, and I was full of caffeine and courage. I'd had the whole journey home to workshop my approach, and it was a thing of art. Here's how it was going to go. I'd start simply with the exchanging of pleasantries, then move quickly into some observational Seinfeldian comedy about Croatia. Pre-scripted, of course. Then I'd casually ask, so what did you get up to while I was gone? wait for the answer, respond with some funny but simple joke, then segue into some more observational comedy, also scripted, this time about how Kohlberg has for some reason one supermarket but four pubs. And then, the finale, their piste de resistance, I drop a humble brag about how I educate the future for a living, and how inspiring it is, and how much I love the serene slowness of rural life, and then quickly hit her with a one-two, and ask her if she's single, and ask her if she wants to go get a coffee. It was tight. Rehearsed enough to sound organic. I walked right up to the cartoon palm tree. I smiled at Barbara Ann through the glass in a well-drilled, clinically casual kind of way. Then I went in. Matilda, I said, full-voiced. James, she replied. Oh boy, that was, uh, that was not in my script. Uh, no, it's, it's actually Brian, I said. But Barbara Ann did not cringe like I cringed. She pushed her smile out big and thought. Behind her milky blues was an obvious searching, a scanning of the databases. Seconds fell on me like buildings. There was a writhing in my bones. And then she laughed. Oh, Brian, she coos. How was Croatia? I looked at her seriously. And she looked clever. Much cleverer than me. Possibly a different species. Her curls were pinned back tight that day. Her face was at rest in a near-perfect smile, like just the right amount of teeth. Like she was posing for a school photo. Her eyes were a sea of bluish cream, but there was something happening beneath them. Some reading of a script I can't see, like we're playing a game of chess that I don't know about. Oh, uh, Croatia, yeah, no, it was, it, it was great. Uh, they bloody love their white rock over there, don't they? Uh, by that I mean the sandstone, of course. <laughs> Barbara Ann laughed by producing a series of light bird noises, smooth and bright, and I started to feel like I was in danger, but I didn't care. I went in again. And what's the deal with the exchange rate? <laughs> you know, 900 kuna for a ride in a boat? That's just... Uh... It's not my best work. It's not anyone's best work. It's, it's just bad material, but the giggling sputtered along. It morphed into that smile that was ripped straight out of an orthodontist digest magazine, into a smile that belonged in a textbook or a museum. She touched my arm. 
I forget how to exhale properly and choke on thin air. Her hand moved to my shoulder. <coughs> I love you, I say, by accident. The words come as a surprise to the very mouth that produced them and my jaw falls low, aghast. There was terror in my eyes. But Barbara Ann did not cringe hard like I cringed hard. She pushed her smile out big. No, you don't, Brian, she said. I think that what you love is travel. You love the white rocks of Eastern Europe. You love new cultures and strange foods and wonderful people. And you're going to love where I'm sending you next. My head starts to spin. I just confess my love to a total stranger and in response she is reading to me from travel brochures. I am delirious. I hand over my passport and I end up in Hawaii for the long weekend. There's a place called Kokomo That's where you wanna go To get away from it all It's not really until the plane lands that I realize where I am and what I've done. The Hawaiian taxi is confusing and long. The hotel is big and white, like all the other hotels by the ocean, and I vaguely wonder how much it all cost me. For three whole days, I burn beneath the sun. I drink stiff drinks from a coconut, and I clear my head in tropical paradise. This madness will end when I get home. My head is clear by our third encounter. I rode back into Kohlberg, a man of tropical, crystallised convictions. I was going to break this spell. I can't keep doing this, I said in the travel agency. Barbara Ann considers me. Her curls are loose and pumped. I'd caught her walking to the copier. She had a cup of tea in one hand, a shortbread cream in the other, and a folder labelled Piano Cruises tucked beneath her arm. Keep doing what, Stephen? She asks. Oh, jeez. It's actually Brian, I said. Brian! Of course, yeah, sorry. How was Amsterdam? Oh, boy. It was actually Hawaii. And it was good. Uh, cathartic, plenty of coconuts, plenty of space to think. Matilda nodded. Sure, she said. She took a slow bite of her shortbread cream without breaking eye contact. She pushed out her big, big smile. And we just kept standing there, Barbara Ann smiling in the no-man's land between me and the copier, her tea steaming, her biscuit poised. I know it doesn't make much sense, I said, because I, I mean, I, I barely know you, but you are all I think about, so... I'd really appreciate it if you could stop sending me off on, uh, on planes and just let's go to dinner at one of the four pubs on the high street, maybe. Barbara Ann finished her shortbread cream. She sipped slowly at her cup of tea. 
I understand, Brian, she says eventually. Her eyes are bright and dangerous. Beneath the milky blue pretense is a whirring brain, a supercomputer, thinking, thinking hard, weighing me up, crunching numbers, running simulations. I would not have been surprised to see smoke or sparks start pouring out her ears. You know, Brian, I agree, she says. You need a change. Matilda puts down her tea, slowly, staring all the while into the terror in my eyes. She begins to slide the folder out from under her arm. A change of scenery, said Barbara Ann. Enough of these plains and enough of the Northern Hemisphere, Brian. What you need is a big, beautiful boat. Her eyes are almost transparent at this point. She knows what she's doing. She even now knows that I now know that she knows what she's doing. Without breaking my gaze, she rifles through the folder and reaches out to me a pamphlet. And I'd like to say that what happens next is the fault of P&O's persuasive literature. But to be honest, I barely read it. made me nauseous. It made me wonder how we ever got anywhere by boat. It rocked me up and down through blue, blue Pacific. It shook me left and right through seven days and seven nights of suffocating all-you-can-eat buffets and shuffleboard and cabaret, and it tossed me like a salad. Hither and yon. All the way to today. And this will be the fourth time I've spoken to her. And it's not just the sea legs talking when I say that I'm losing my mind. My bank account is empty and my legs think they're still at sea. I've been on three international holidays in two months. I'm fresh out of annual leave. I think about it all the time and my passport is full of visa stamps I didn't even want. And here I am, on the Kohlberg strip mall once again, looking up at the chipper, cartoonish palm tree that's asking me if I know where I am or if I know where I'm going, and I don't. I'm looking at Matilda, who is really Barbara Ann, while she types on her computer on the other side of the glass. And there is nothing left to do but go inside. Barbara. Matilda? I say. Leonard! She cries. You are kidding me! No, I say. It's... I'm still... My name is still Brian. I'm not going to keep doing this, Matilda. I can't. I literally can't afford to. I spend thousands of dollars every time I talk to you. Please, please stop tricking me into going on holidays. She smiles. But it's different. It's not textbook perfect with just the right amount of teeth. I, I think she's actually smiling. Yeah, fair enough, Brian. You got me. Took you a while. I won't beat a dead horse. You must be nearly out of money with that teacher's salary of yours. Ah, it's nothing personal, Brian, you know. All is fair in love and sales commissions. I stare at her. 
I say nothing at all for 25 seconds. And I start to think that maybe I don't even care that she bankrupted me. On purpose. Because now I've seen her smile. For real. She kind of squints a bit, but still keeps her eyes open. Like her face is folding around them. She tucks her nose in and shows way too much teeth and she, she really looks at me. And it makes me smile too and it's like a magnet or a magic trick or the sun. It's glary and I feel like I maybe shouldn't be looking directly at it and her eyes are, they are oceans mixed with milk and set on fire and rolled into two tiny donuts that exist in the sweet spot between black and white. There is very little I wouldn't do to see her smile again. Okay, what do I have to do to get you to go out with me? I ask. She smiles, for real, again. And she says, Well, if you go on a two-week all-expenses Kentucky in Greece and stay in Singapore for a week on your way home, then when you get back... Maybe, maybe, we'll talk. Let's try one more. One more time, maybe. one more artistic flavor. You got me rockin'. That was Around the World for Barbara Ann, episode four of These Stories Are Not Real. And all the songs in it were obviously by the Beach Boys. We had Barbara Ann, Wouldn't It Be Nice, Kokomo, Sail On Sailor, and this is Surfer Girl. Just a work of fiction, this one. Uh, Totally made up, not inspired by real events. I had a bit of a technological malfunction as well, so I had to use the narration from an earlier draft. If you noticed or cared that I sounded kind of far away, I don't know why I picked Croatia either. I just can't say it, can I? Croatia. If you like this episode, please share it around. Email it to your travel agent. Show it to a Beach Boys fan. But ideally not the actual Beach Boys if possible for copyright reasons. I need some help with podcast copyright laws actually. Email in if you know anything about that. Also, you know, subscribe. We've still got the listener rewards scheme going on. There's a raffle happening and prizes to win. It's very easy to enter. You can find the details of the competition on the website or on Instagram. Links are in the show notes. Episode five about an astronaut who dies painfully in space is coming out next week. Until then, I'll leave you with this reminder to always record narration on a full stomach and the shortbread creams are the superior Arnott's biscuit. Don't you dare email me about Kingston's or those fake Oreo things. Monte Carlo's are a glamour biscuit lacking consistency. Anyway, thanks for listening. Her curls are loose and pumped. She has a cup of tea in one hand, a biscuit in the other, and a folder labelled P and O tucked... And a, and a folder labelled P and O. What kind of biscuit is it though? Hmm?
Her curls are loose and pump. <sighs> Need a biscuit. God damn it. Shortbread creams, here I come.